Okay, we're rolling, but before we get rolling, we actually got some clarification on the number two pencil ordeal. <laughs> You're right, that was a one sipper. Mm-hmm. All right, check this out. This comes from uh, Riley Cook, and he says, just listened to Saturday School, and you guys were talking about pencils and scantrons and everything, so I thought I'd toss in my minimal knowledge of graphite pencils. Uh, long story short, uh, basically, pen- the number two pencil is a, let's see, what did he say? It's a HB pencil. And the scale goes from hardness, hey now, 9H all the way down to 9B, which so 9H is super hard graphite, very gray. 9B is super soft and very black. <laughs> so uh, the number two pencils is like right in the middle. So maybe that has something to do with the Scantrons needing a number two pencil. I know, but I don't think you can even get anything other than a number two <laughs> pencil. So... <laughs> I mean, I understand like that. Yeah, the Scantron sheet or whatever. <laughs> Teachers, by the way, fucking, you know, do your own shit and quit having a computer or whatever the hell it is. A Scantron sheet. Scan your goddamn test for you. We're not allowed to use. We're not. Yeah, we're not allowed to use a Scantron for our homework. Yeah. But the, so I think lazy fucks. The only time you would get anything other than the, the number two is like an art pencil. And that's what mm. he's talking about. Like the light gray and dark gray and gray gray. Got whatever, it. Whatever that means. But yeah, that's so that answers that. But welcome back to Saturday School, everybody. Um, yeah, I guess grab your what's it called? The HB pencil. Because mm-hmm. we're, you know, we, we're going to use our Scantrons today. Yeah, the bell went off already and uh, you're late. <laughs> yeah. You're tardy. Thanks for the coffee today, man. I really appreciate it because last night was another night. Some of that Dutch bros. Yeah. Congrats. You're pops. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's wild, man. It's, it's really, uh, it's really something. Um, it's definitely got me thinking, you know, uh, we, you know, I have Jasmine, but you know, having a, a fresh brand new baby, I want to, you know, be a, a cool, uh, beacon of light, a, a guiding light for, you know, my son, hopefully he can look at me and be like, yeah, I think, you know, he's done some cool shit in his life. <laughs> But it got me thinking about role models. And as you and some of the listeners know, like I'm pretty into video games and stuff. I, I took like a uh, pretty much like an eight year hiatus from video games to try to get my ass here into this position where I'm at right now. But I always wanted to go back. And now that I, I've started messing around with like virtual reality and stuff, uh, I'm running into a bunch of what's called toxic players. Uh, these are young kids, you know, like 10, 11, 12, 13 years old that are just screaming into the microphone, talking so much trash and it's fine. Whatever you can trash talk. That's cool. But I mean, they're taught like racial slurs, homophobic I've, I've slurs. I've dealt with this back in the day when I was playing Madden football. Oh yeah. Yeah. And no, I went online and, and they had like uh Dante Culpepper and Randy Moss. They're like, Game Randy over. Moss, bitch. <laughs> I'm like, how old are you, man? The kid's like eight years old or whatever. Yeah. So it, it's, it's gotten worse in my opinion. Cause I remember playing Madden back in the day and getting schooled or like uh, NBA 2K back in the day and getting just annihilated. But, uh, I mean, it's just so bad where I'm like, dude, like, where's this kid's parents? You know, like, oh my gosh, like, like who's raising this, this animal. And with the, uh, like with Oculus Quest, like you have to have a Facebook account and to have a Facebook account, you got to be 13 at least. And some of these kids sound a lot younger. So somebody's doing this for them. And, um, you know, I just, again, I just got to thinking like, dude, this kid probably could use a role model right now. And then gotten to more thinking about that. People that listen to this podcast. You know, they're grinding, they're trying to get in better shape, they're trying to, you know, be more successful. Um, 
I don't want to say that they're they're not leaving a legacy behind for their their kids, but how can somebody like that, you know, basically look back and kind of have the same feeling that I have? Like, I want to leave something for my son. I want him to look up at me and be like, wow, I'm proud of my dad for doing X, Y and Z. How can they do that while still, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't want to put anyone's job down, but like if they're doing a lot of paperwork all day long, Mm -hmm. you know, their their kids might not be like my dad was the best paperwork sorter guy ever. You know, I mean, I guess sold insurance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, first thing to address is the role model thing and we'll kind of work our way into it. But, uh, you know, call me old school, but like, you know, somebody has to raise this kid, right? Um, Whether it be the husband or whether it be the wife or whether it be a male or female or whether it's two males and two females and one of them, you know, someone's got to sit back and probably be with the kid more often uh, because someone has to make money, right? Nowadays, we see two income homes very often. And I think, I think somewhere along the lines, some people have may have gone wrong with some of this and thinking like, Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to make what I can make and I'll make, you know, 60 or 70. And if you can make 30, like that would be sick. Cause then we're, you know, I think the stretch for that other person to make 30 and to be out of the home isn't worth it. it it's mm-hmm. just not worth it. I, I think minimum wage would get you, get to you about uh, $32,000 a year. Um, but and that's that's great. And for some households, like, man, that's a huge amount of money. That's a lot of extra income every month. A couple thousand bucks a month. Like, that's that's great. It's probably really helpful. And in some cases, it's needed, right? And then sometimes, like, I can understand, hey, look, I'm going to do this for two years. I'm going to do this for four years. It makes some sense to do it for a certain period of time. But maybe you don't have to do it in perpetuity. Maybe you don't have to do it forever. Um, I actually, you know with being a little bit old school, I'm a fan of, you know, mom doing a lot of the worrying and mom spending a lot of time with the children. I, I do think I am a person that believes that women take care of their kids uh, better than men in some respects. I'm not saying that men aren't equipped to take care of their children really, really well. Um, I know some single dad, single parent dads that have done an amazing job with their children and uh, have protected them and done all the right things. Um, but I'm saying I, I, I believe, personally believe, that women have a little bit better instinct uh, when it comes to taking care of especially small children. Um, there's just some, something, about a, a, uh, something about a female that seems to work out really well with that particular situation. Um, and even from the time the kid is born, um, we see a lot of evidence of this. I mean, the dad can't breastfeed, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's certain psychological, physiological, there's certain chemicals or certain things going on when that child is breastfeeding versus, uh, you know, being bottle fed from dad and, and, and so forth. And so I might be a little old school on that. So you might have to bear with me. Maybe some of my ideas are outdated. Maybe they're too traditional, but um I do think that it's great for one parent to spend a good amount of time with their child. Now, I'd also say some people want to be with their children too much and they're there for everything and they get them out of every little nook and cranny and they get them out of every little thing and they safeguard them from everything. 
that's not great also. And then they're not monitoring when these kids are like, you know, going online and talking all this trash. Um, but I think a lot of kids are being like kind of unsupervised nowadays. And, you know, you could look at every generation and say, oh man, here, you know, uh, the whole world's going to hell in a handbasket because we got radio, you know, the whole world's going to hell in a handbasket because we got TV, you know, the whole, you know, and then, then the internet and now, you know, tablets and so forth and mobile devices, uh, cell phones, and just every little gadget you can get your hands on. You can play, you know, video games um, anywhere and you can be part of virtual reality and chat rooms and um, social media and all kinds of different things you can be really uh, exposed to. I think some of the toxic stuff that people are um, exposed to nowadays these kids are getting on the internet and they're hearing, you know, foul language from other people and they're thinking that this is the route to go. I would also say, you know, sometimes you'll hear on the news, they'll be like, teenagers are doing drugs and having sex. And you're like, uh, <laughs> you know, I think this has been part of our history. Like, I think this has been going on for a long time. Kids being exposed to foul language and pornography and all kinds of crazy stuff has been going on forever. I remember fifth grade Jeff Melby bringing in uh, a penthouse <laughs> magazine. You know, nice. I remember it like it was yesterday and everyone's got their own uh, experience that's, you know, similar. Uh, sometimes it involves something even more inappropriate than just that. But um, I think back to, you know, um, or even not even think back, but even think of like rap music, you know, um, and even some of the metal and some of the heavier metal where there was like really, you know, um, it's just uh maybe like quote unquote violent lyrics or uh, lyrics that a parent would think, Oh shit. Like what's that mean for my kid? Mm -hmm. uh, NWA, even the, even the, <laughs> the name of the group, like, Whoa, like really like fuck. And then all the different stuff that easy E would talk about and um, all the different people that were part of that group and part of the rap kind of revolution. You can view our generation, Andrew, as being like, you know, a lot of people probably thought that we were really fucked. Mm -hmm. And I think they were correct. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminds me of, um, again, back to video games, when Mortal Kombat came out. There was so much media covering that video game saying that it was too violent. It's going to lead to this and that. You could rip your heart, the guy's heart out. Yeah. And then, you know, shortly after that, there was a game called Night Trap. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but basically you can either be, uh, I don't remember how violent it got, but you can... You could either be the uh, like the girls inside this house trying to survive a night where like burglars were going to come in or you could be the burglars or whatever. And it just got super weird. But I mean, you're absolutely right. Like if it, it's it's always going to be something right. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to be that, that next thing is going to be the thing that poisons our kids and, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah. I just thought I thought it was funny because I loved Mortal Kombat. That game was the shit. I think the thing that's poisoning us more so than anything is our food supply, just because that is, is, um, you know, people are making bad choices kind of at every turn all day, every day. And then when you make bad food choices, in my opinion, it's hard to make correct choices other in other areas and to be motivated, um, to really do much of anything. It's very, very crippling. But when I think to my son, in his, you know, video game playing and this kind of role model idea that you came up with here today is when my son used to play a video game, 
there used to be a look of defiance in his eyes from the time he was really, really little. I mean, I'm talking about three, maybe, maybe like five. Okay. Maybe like four or five, somewhere in that range, mm-hmm. four or five years old. I remember he'd play a game and then we'd like notice his behavior just sucked. And we're oh, like, man. that's weird. Like, and then, um, and then there was other things like he just didn't want to put the game down when we, we asked him several times to come to dinner or, you know, we asked, and you know, oh, one more game or one, you know, and that's fine. Like, you know, some compromise is fine. Like if I was in the middle of doing something and someone told me dinner's ready. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm going to probably take three more minutes to finish what I was doing. Um, and then, yeah. And then show up to dinner. Right. Uh, so, so like a little give and take with your children makes sense on some stuff like that. But my wife and I noticed very early on, and then there would be other times where we would sort of forget about that a little bit, or we would give we would give some leeway towards that, or or even just kind of give up on it because the hardest thing to do as a leader, as a parent, is to repeat yourself. But it's the most important thing that you have to do. And say, hey, remember we talked about that. Hey, you know we discussed this. Remember, remember we came together, and you know you said you're going to put your phone away at nine p.m. You know we're still doing that. You know like. <laughs> We're still working towards that. We're still, you know, that's still a thing. You know, it's important for your kids to understand that and to have that reinforcement over and over again. But sometimes, you know, you let go of those things. And I remember, you know, Jake being eight, nine, ten, and then there another problem would pop up, and I'm like, you know what? It's those damn games. Like it's not really the video game necessarily. It's the fact of what he can do in the video game. So he's going from Minecraft. Let's just say I don't remember what you know what year it was or whatever, but he's going from Minecraft where you can literally create your own world. You can do anything that you want. You can make a house. You can, you can have like a farm. Like, I, I don't know. I've never played it. I don't know, understand all of it, but so far that's accurate. Yeah. You yeah. Can you, all can, that. yeah <laughs> you can kind of do whatever you want. Right. So then he goes from doing that where you have all this creative stuff going on. And now you're telling him like to pick up his room or something. Now you're like demanding he does something. Right when he had all this freedom in this game to do all this stuff, he was in this fantasy land. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. And it was a great experience. He probably loved it. And so he's almost, uh, almost hypnotized in a way by what was going on in the game. And I don't think, uh, you know, I, I don't think like, I don't have the thought of like, Oh, you know, you're playing grand theft auto and you're killing somebody and then you're going to go, you know, <laughs> I, I don't really think that it's a one-to-one that, that way. But with a young child, with a young developing brain, uh, I just noticed some, um, some, uh, it was hard for his, him to switch his behavior over to, okay, now I got to be like a normal. And so, you know, I got to listen to mom and dad. And so we would have like kind of cutoffs for the game and we kind of had to make some rules around the game. The whole point is, is like, you need some sort of supervision. You know, the kid, the kid needs some sort of supervision. The same thing with the kid reaching for snacks or ice cream. It's great to have ice cream in the house when you have kids. They love it. You know, they have it two, three times a week. Sounds cool to me. But them reaching for it at breakfast, them reaching for it at lunch, them, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. no, no, that's not why we have ice cream. We have ice cream in the house so that, you know, when your cousins are over, you guys can enjoy it together or we can enjoy it every Friday night when we have our spaghetti dinner or whatever the hell it is. And so. The kids, you have to monitor your kids uh, at some point and kind of lead them and force them to do some things that you believe will be in their best interest. Yeah, I think that is gigantic. Um, I, I, 
I don't know if anybody even, if, if their kid is like this, uh, hopefully no, nobody listening is, has experienced this, but like, yeah, just sitting down and checking out what they're into. Um, cause that's the thought that I had in my head, um, with these VR games. I mean, you can literally grab someone, you know, you can grab their head, put it at your crotch and make moaning sounds like they're giving, you know, and I'm like, wow, like this kid's young. I wonder if one of his parents walked into his room and saw that, what they would think. Like they probably get mm-hmm. one, they probably get super embarrassed because I'm sure they haven't, you know, had the talk. Right. Right. And so I'm like, damn, yeah. Like what you said right there is, I think, huge. And, you know, like I, I'll, I'll, you know, pop into my daughter's room as she's like playing some, you know, computer game or whatever. Right. It's uh, right now it's been like a way for her to keep in touch with her cousins and stuff. At least that's how we're selling it. Right. Right. <laughs> we're trying to okay it. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll pop in there once in a while just to make sure it's not getting weird or, you know, I'll, I'll cut her off completely and like, Hey, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? You know? And like if her microphone's on, everyone just heard me. Um, right. But yeah, I think uh, just simple supervision can go such a long way. Yeah. And then maybe you just have certain rules like, uh, and you know, these, these rules aren't easy to keep, you know, yeah. because the kids, they want more privacy. Things are different now than they were when we were young. Um, having a computer in your room, 10 years ago, you know, might not have, well, it, I mean, I guess it could still, it would still matter, but 10, 15 years ago might not have really meant too much, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you looked at some porn or something on there, but like you probably weren't talking to some 35 year old person that you, you know, that you're sending pictures to and they're sending, you know what I mean? Like, well, it was some really weird shit, right? Yeah. It wasn't a, it was a thing to chat with whoever, but it wasn't a thing to chat and then meet up. Right. That's right. changed like, uh, like within the last couple of years, you know, like yeah, now that's a five, thing. Five, seven years yeah. or so. Yeah. Yeah. Like 10, 12 years ago, I remember buying my first computer and then yeah. having it in my room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like not having an internet connection, like right. that was not that long ago. And now it's like, what the heck? Like it's, it's really fast forwarded quick. Yeah. For the, as long as we could hang on to it, we, we tried to communicate with our children, like, Hey, just communicate with people in person. And now it's more like, okay, we had to loosen up the reins on that. Cause that's just not really, uh, that's not really realistic, <laughs> um, or rational in today's environment. And so, um, you know, please only communicate with people that, you know, exactly. Yep. You know, let's not, you know, how, how do you know this person? Even if it's another kid that's their age, how do you know this? You know, mm-hmm. Oh, I know him through so-and-so. Okay. You know, him through your friend that you were going to school with before. Okay. That, that's okay. You know, you got to kind of check in, you got to be paying attention. Um, you might have to be, uh, <laughs> you know, you might have to be kind of a nuisance and, and, You know, I try to share with my kids, look, I'm not looking at your phone. You know, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go searching through your computer. I'm not going to look at your history. I'm not going (laughs) to. But I might, you know, I might have to, you know, like you like don't don't. uh, You know, don't make me the authority figure here. I'd rather just I'd rather you control yourself. And if you can listen to some of the things that I'm uh, asking of you then you can fly under the radar and nothing ever really pops up as being a major issue. So if you put your, if you don't put your phone away at nine o'clock or you don't put your phone away, you're not doing certain things. You have your computer or your laptop in your room and I don't really want you to. Well, then now I got questions. Cause like, what are you doing? 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, you start to kind of break some of these rules and that's what kids are going to do. They're going to push the envelope. They're going to break, they're going to break some rules, but you need, you need your kids to respect yourself. And if you're ever going to be a role model for them, um, you have to break, you have to break that relationship of being their friend. I don't, I don't think you can really, you might be able to be their friend and be their role model. Um, you know, if you happen to have a well-behaved kid, you might be able to have that combination. Uh, but we've seen friends like that. We've had friends like that. Like I remember having friends in high school where their dad would smoke pot with them and stuff. And it's like, that never turned into anything so good. Weird. Yeah. It's we- yeah. The whole thing's weird. Um, you know, I, I get it. The dad has a great experience with marijuana. His kid's a little older. He recognized the kid is probably going to be curious. And he thinks who, who better to show him how to light up than dad or whatever, you know? And so they, you know, it works that way or whatever. It, it's some of it's understandable. I would say when it comes to, you know, parents with some of this technology issues though, is, um, you know, your kid has Snapchat, your kid has, uh, TikTok. Don't get all pissed off about it. Don't get all say, oh my God, that's, that's really cool. I heard a lot of other kids, they're going to think you're cringe and everything, but <laughs> I heard a lot of their kids talking about TikTok and I see kids dancing on there and stuff. What's it about? You mind showing me like, you know, just play along with it. See, see what's going on. Ask them. Um, and if they, if they say, Hey, you know, like I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, if they get all locked up and they don't want to answer questions, which could happen with a teenager sometimes. Then you say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm your mom. I'm your dad. I look, I, I care about you. I want to know. I want it like, I, I, like now I'm even more curious. Cause what are you, there really shouldn't be, I know you're not gonna share everything with mom and dad, <clears throat> but there shouldn't be any like kind of uh big secrets going on here. So just it sounds to me like if you're guarding it, that you might be doing something inappropriate or somebody else is doing something inappropriate. Maybe you're uh, ganging up on people and making fun of people or maybe even worse, you know, I don't know. And so it's your right to kind of step in, but in order to, in order to end up being that role model figure, you're going to have to be that person that kind of breaks that chain of, of, of some of that friendship. You're going to have to break your kid's heart sometimes. You know, your your kid is really looking forward to doing this thing and you'll have to every once in a while say, you know, you can't do it because this happened and you're just going to have, it just, it's just part of it. Yeah. You're going to have to kind of bring the hammer down every once in a while. It's your, uh, what'd you say? So you said it's your right, but I mean, I think you would agree. Like it's kind of your responsibility to be that nuisance, right? Yeah. It's part of your, it's part of your job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, you're not really, you're not really, if you're not causing any friction for your kids at all, then I don't think you're doing your job and you're going to have to cause some sort of resistance or friction, whether it's, you know, telling them, Hey, you got to mow the lawn, (laughs) take out the garbage, uh, do the dishes, something like my kids, my kids don't do a lot. My kids aren't, you know, uh, they're not like, uh, they're not like on a farm or anything, you know, like we're not, Although they, they can be now where you're at. <laughs> right. Right. They're not like bailing hay and stuff, but uh-huh. you know, they have, they have a couple chores that they have to do. And, um, usually we don't have to tell them more than once, you know, Hey, you know, it's, you got to do the dishes or you got to take the dog for a walk. You know, we mention it once and then bounce out and they, you know, they take them for a walk. 
having your kids be um so I, I before we move on to, to some other stuff yeah you have to set some rules and some boundaries with certain things and i think when it comes to these technology pieces you know you don't need to have a laundry list of rules but you know make up a rule or two and and have it agreed upon with the child you know have it be the kid's idea you know you say hey okay well you really like tiktok that's cool i, I like social media too i'm on instagram all the time or whatever it is that you say to them and um you say okay well how many hours a day you know do you want to be on you know you got c's and d's in school so i think it would make sense to reduce the amount of time that you're on there um you're not coming out of your room that much. I mean, you can, you can be rational with them. I think, I think you can work something out and say, I'd like to see you participate in some family stuff a little bit more. You used to come around a little bit more. And I thought that was a lot of fun for everybody. It's great for your cousins to see you, your grandma to see you, all that kind of stuff. So let's see if we can, you know, let's go from eight hours of screen time. Can we move to five, you know, or you just work out whatever you can with them the best that you can try to stick to it the best that you can and uh, you know, try to repeat it as best you can. For me, I just try not to have my kids have any of these devices in their room um, past like a certain hour. So, you know, nine, 10 o'clock kind of depending on the day. I just, I just want that stuff uh, charging up and charging somewhere where it's no longer in their possession. It's like out, you know, in a, in a sort of a common area. And that's it. And I don't ever look at it. My wife doesn't ever look at it. And it's just, that's just the one thing. And so I'm able to, anytime that rule is broken, I'm able to point out to them how lame it is that they couldn't follow the one rule. It's like, hey, look, you know, we're not making a lot of rules. I don't want to make a lot of rules. Let's not make any more rules. So let's have you, you know, let's have you return that because. You know, telling them, hey, like, if you don't return that, this is going to happen. You know, I don't, I hate that. And then you got to police it. Then you're stressed. They're stressed. I'm going to take the, you know, uh, phone away for two weeks. You're never going to do that. (laughs) You're not really ever going to, you know, you're probably not really ever going to do that. If you really are going to follow through on the threat, then maybe those things are are good. But most of the time, we're not going to do it. Yeah. One thing you've mentioned in the past that has been huge just in, in my household, but being inclusive, you know, like I, I need to be more inclusive and let, you know, my daughter know what I, what, what I am doing when I pull my phone out. But yeah, like if, if you are pulling your phone out to be on social media and then getting mad at your kids for being on mm-hmm. social media, you know, the, I mean, I don't even need to explain how shitty that is, but also what Mark has said is like, you know, let, let them know what you're doing. Like, yeah, like I, I'm on this podcast and, you know, I like to, you know, grow it as much as possible, as as big as possible. And uh, in order to do that, I have to be where the people are mm-hmm. and the people are on social media. So that's what I'm doing right now. Right. And, and one thing is not more important than the other. You, you know, making you. Yep. a post about uh, the power project isn't more important than them talking to their friends. Correct. Um, it in a, in a uh, logistical sense, it may be, you know, I, you could kind of break it down hourly. I get paid X amount per hour. You know, I work X amount of hours. If I add it all up at the end of the year, I work X amount of hours per year. 
I make X amount of dollars and you don't, you're not make any money. You don't, <laughs> you're not adding to the, to the family, uh, income via texting your friend, you know, but that's not helpful and that doesn't make any sense to them. And it's also really not true because they need their friends. They need their, you know, if, if your daughter doesn't have some of her friends, well, then it's going to pull you from your work because she's not going to be, she's not going to feel good about herself. And then you have to go and deal with that, you know, and then it's a, a strain on the family and that would make the family make less money. Right. So mm -hmm. it's, while it's, it's, um, it's easy for parents to say that. And I see parents do it all the time. So if you're a parent, don't try to make it seem like your shit is more important and definitely don't make it seem like your shit's more important than your spouse's stuff that they, they have to do. Um, just because somebody else might not make as much money as you in the household, uh, doesn't mean that the text or email that they're answering is not important. It's important to them. That's always the thing to keep in mind. Like think about proportionately how important it is for a kid to talk to their friend versus how important it is for you to make a post on Instagram that may yield in a couple more followers or a couple more likes. Um, I would actually side up with the, with the kid and say that that French, I mean, remember your friends when you were a kid, like that was everything, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to meet your buddy at six o'clock. And uh, like, remember when you couldn't, you were fucking devastated. I remember crying about it when I was a kid, <laughs> like when I was a little kid, I remember like, you know, being super sad. Like I couldn't hang out with my buddy. I, you know, he, had to stay in because uh, he got in trouble or something. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Or like when you guys plan on like spending the night over at each other's house oh. and then your dad's like, no, and you're like, what? But, ah, uh, fuck dude. I had so many things we were going to do. And it's like, oh man. You you, yeah. You're, yeah. <laughs> you spend the next three hours trying to figure out how do I get this back? How yeah. do I, where did I mess up? Uh -huh. I'll take out the garbage. I'll paint the garage. I'll, <laughs> Yeah. And I just remember like a no would always come after like a bunch of like, huh, dad, like dad, like, is it cool if I, huh, dad, like, can I go to, you know, so-and-so's house, dad, huh? Like, what do you want? Oh, I just asked you if I could go spend the night at their house. Hmm. So is it cool if I go, dad, huh? Like, huh, dad? <laughs> and it's always like, no, you can't go like shit. Yeah. You annoyed the hell out of me. Yeah, and exactly. That, at it's, that point, it's already like, over. Yeah. Where are you going? Where are you staying? And you're like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, definitely putting yourself in your kids' shoes, uh, you know, definitely would give you a, a pretty good perspective and remembering what it was like when you were their age. And then in terms of like, um, you know, having your children be proud of some of the stuff that you do, I think there's no way for them to be proud of what you're doing unless they respect you and respect what you're doing. Um, may, allowing your kids to be included in stuff is really important. You have... Um, uh, parties at work, you have certain things. See if, you know, see if these parties, see if some of these things are, are sometimes inclusive of family members. Uh, sometimes they're not, sometimes they are, but anytime that they are, maybe you want to bring them around. Um, it's good for your, your child to see where you work. Like why not show them where you work one day? Your employer is not going to be pissed. You know, you just bring them in and say, Hey, I just want to kind of show my, you know, uh, daughter around and, and show her what, what I do here and show her some of these buttons that I push and we're going to mess around for 10 minutes and that'll be that, you know, that that's, I think that's really healthy. And then also just making people aware of who you're talking to. I, I picked up Jake from school yesterday and, um, on the ride home, I was talking to him about Dr. Sean Baker and I was telling him, I was like, Oh, you know, 
I hit up and, and I'm just I'm just talking completely randomly. He doesn't really care. And he 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 was frustrated about something else. So I just figured I'll just talk about something completely different. And so uh, I was like, yeah, I called up Dr. Baker. Dr. Baker's the guy that created the carnivore diet. And uh, I've had him on my podcast many times. He's been on Joe Rogan before. I was like, he got uh, me and your uncle into the carnivore diet. Now, like millions of people around the world do it. And a lot of it's because of Dr. Baker. And I said, and Dr. Baker used to do surgery on elbows and knees. He's a doctor. And so I hit him up because my elbow is bugging me. It flared up. I think I have like bursitis. And so I sent him a picture. I sent him a video. And I've hopped on a phone call with him today. And Jake was like, oh, what did he say? Like, he, you know, he was kind of halfway. In, he didn't really care, but he was halfway interested. And we got talking about it. So, so he knows who Dr. Baker is. And now, you know, four hours later or three hours later, we're sitting on the couch. Jake's playing the guitar. I pick up my phone. I'm texting. And uh, I can say, oh, yeah, Dr. Baker, he's getting back to me about my elbow. He thinks it's this or whatever. And now he's, he's not thinking like, oh, my dad's ignoring me while I'm playing the guitar. Like, yes, I am ignoring him for a second. But he understands like who I'm talking to. And he understands mm-hmm. I'm trying to get some answers uh, quickly. And so forth. And so it just, uh, it really nullifies a lot of uh, like kind of bad feelings about somebody maybe neglecting you, ignoring you, uh, choosing something else over you, you know, and it's like, okay, well, that's, you know, he's doing some work and whatever. And then he'll, you know, I put the phone down or, you know, whatever it might be. But I think, yeah, trying to be as, as inclusive as you can be, I think is critical. Yeah. And, and it could be Sean Baker or it could be like Sean in accounting, right? Like kids don't really care too yeah, much. Like no. they're just going to, you know, yeah, Sean was having this issue with his son. Like, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Like including them, right? Like yeah. I think, I think every kid would love to be a part of that. I do that all the time. You know, I'll, uh, I'll mention, uh, I'll say, oh, Sean from Dutch brothers came over, yeah. you know, he came over to the gym today. He actually uh, talked to your uncle Andy about um, his distillery that he wants to open up or something like that. And then Jake's like, uncle Andy wants to open his distillery, (laughs) you know, but like now he knows like he's part of. So when he hears stuff with, I don't know how many uh, kids out there have heard family stuff and been like totally shocked. Oh, aunt so-and-so has cancer. Mm. Holy fuck. I didn't know how come nobody told me. And they're like, Mm -hmm. well, no one told you because you're, because they don't think. They don't want to place that burden on you because you're 13 or whatever. But right. yeah, you should know. Everybody shouldn't. I you know, like you can handle it. Like, you know, when they when they <clears throat> when something happens to them, it's like that's even worse. You tell them after the fact. Like I never knew. Mm-hmm. I wish I, you know, I wish I knew. Um, there's been many situations like that in my my mom had a brain tumor when I was really young, and nobody told me until she went to the hospital, and I was like heartbroken. I'm like is she going to fucking come back? Mm-hmm. Like, is she going to die? Like, I don't, she has a brain tumor. I'm like, what's going on? And like, well, it's small and it's, un- well, if it wasn't a big deal, why don't you tell me? You right. Know? Yeah. If you thought I, it wasn't a big deal and I could get over it real quick, just <laughs> let me know. Yeah. I could be at least prepped, you know? Yeah. I remember they like thought my mom might've had breast cancer or, mm. or what. it was kind of the same deal. Like, oh, they're going to go cut it out. Like, wait, what? Hold on. Yeah. So do you think just people in general should just be uh, talking and treating their kids more like adults than they actually are? Yeah, absolutely. I think you should treat them like an adult. You should also understand that that they are your child and that they are your responsibility. And your main goal is to protect them and try to provide the most opportunity 
that you possibly can for them. It's not really about leaving a legacy or leaving money behind. It's simply about if you provide opportunity, then the legacy stuff will follow. Um, for me, like I was able to acquire a good amount of wealth and I hope that my wealth runs through the family for a while, but like, you know, it could easily be, it could be messed up by like one generation pretty much. Um, and I guess it sort of depends on how much money you make on how quickly somebody could screw it up. But, um, to me, that's not really a legacy. The legacy is in, um, opportunity. And then how do you create opportunity? You create opportunity by creating, uh, savages, you know, and you're going to create savages by having some, giving them some resistance. They're going to need some friction. Um, in my dad's family, my grandfather really knew how to raise his boys really well. Um, he just had them do a lot of shit that he did. He was in the military. He worked on the railroad. He was a mechanic. He worked on his airplane. He was, he worked on his boats. Um, he, uh, was a used car salesman. So he had the gift of gab. He could communicate with people really well. He was fun. He was funny. He was very straightforward. Um, uh, he kind of had, he kind of had a, a dry, a dry sense of humor. He was like a tough little old bastard. Uh, but everybody loved him. You know, when he, when he died, I remember like just so many people were at his funeral and I just didn't even, you know, I didn't even really know. But it was, I didn't know he was that like popular. Like he was like famous, like in, in the area that he lived in. And there's actually like a poster on one of the streets and it's still hanging there. You know, he, he's, he was like kind of a legend in, in his area. He used to be a, a Golden Gloves boxer and all kinds of stuff, you know. And this is a guy, he didn't have any fancy job. And he worked on the fucking railroad, you know. He, he was just a worker bee, you know. He just... One guy laying down some railroad ties next to the next guy, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, he was gritty enough and smart enough and to where he became an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, had t-shirts and hats and, uh, you could see, you would see like he had like a logo and he had like, you know, some creativity going on, you know, even a long ass time ago. But what he did for his boys is he provided a lot of opportunity by teaching them a lot of the same things that he knew. And out of my dad and his, I don't know how many brothers he's got, four or five brothers, none of them became mechanics. You know, none of them worked on the railroad. None of them own a plane. They all know how to work on cars, though. They all know how to, they all know how to fix stuff. And the opportunity that he provided them was they have the ability to work really hard. They have the ability to outwork. So they're all really successful. They all found their own version of success. Some of them are coaches and teachers. And um, my uncle Peter was a, uh, a sanitation worker for a long time. He loved, he, he drove a fucking garbage truck and he loved it because his dad taught him the value of waking up super early and kicking ass every single day. And my uncle Peter hated it. He, he hated it more than any of them. And then he became the only one to have a job like that. Um, my uncle John would wake up at 4 a.m. and go run in New York. Every morning. My uncle John used to weigh, I think, close to 300 pounds. 280, 290 pounds, something like that. 
uh, my uncle Jimmy is very successful. He worked for IBM. You know, they all became uh, my uncle Tom. Uh, he became really successful basketball coach and teacher. They all found their niche. They all found their thing because my grandfather provided, he provided enough clothes for them, enough food for them. So they felt, I'm sure they felt this or that like anybody else with nine children in the house. I'm sure, I'm sure they felt pretty fucked over probably routinely, you know, <laughs> plus my grandfather was, you know, he was like, I like if you, you know, if he cried, he, you know, he's one of those guys. So give you something to cry about, you know, or, or he'd come and, you know, he'd, he'd smack you a little bit, you know, he'd be like, you know, get, get, get over it. You know, he, he didn't understand it. He didn't know what you were belly aching about. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, even, even with me, um, being one of his grandkids, he used to always say, get over here before I beat you, you know, and he'd give you like a big kiss and he, he'd kiss you like kind of hard. And he, he always had like a scratchy something or other five o'clock shadow on him <laughs> and it would kind of hurt. But if you didn't go over to him, he'd actually like kick your ass. He'd actually like kind of like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't like punch you in the face, but he'd hit you hard enough to where when you were a little kid, you'd kind of whimper a little bit. Mm -hmm. You're like, damn man. Like he, like he's not messing around when he says to come over there before he beats you. He's he means it. Yeah. He means it. And sometimes he's, I'll give you a bloody lip, you know? And you're like, all right, <laughs> I'm coming over there to give you a kiss. Just freaking, just uh freaking relax. So he, you know, he provided a lot of opportunity and I think that's the, that's the real key. And then the only way to provide opportunity is to, you know, have, you need to have food for the kids. You need to have, a, you know, a steady income. You need to have kind of a balanced home where there's not a lot of fighting. There needs to be enough love in that household so the kids believe in themselves. Um, my grandfather was the kind of guy where, let's say, let's say the boys were fighting and wrestling and doing all kinds of shit. Well, okay, he would whoop their ass and he would, like, discipline them. But then he would also put up a basketball hoop the next day. He's, You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so what's the solution to these guys? Like these kids fight every day. You know, they try to kill each other every day. I'm sick and tired of it. What's going to stop them from killing each other? You know, what's going to slow them down? Like, I'll just yell louder. I'll beat them harder. Like, no, let's put up a basketball hoop. Then maybe they'll shoot hoops. Well, then maybe they'll start to argue about, you know, who fouled who and how hard it was or whatever. And then maybe we'll have to figure out something else. But, he was that kind of guy. And I think, you know, that's what I looked up to as a kid. And that's what I would like to do myself is just figure out ways of, uh, providing opportunity for my children leading by example. My son was up this morning at 6am playing the guitar. Sick. You know, we, we lost our power. He's up early. Like he just, there's no alarm clock. He just wakes up at that time. Um, you know, he's not, you know, he's not, uh, you know, waking up at 5 a.m. and like working out or anything crazy like that. But he uh, he he knows the value of it. He understands it. And he talks about it. He's like, I like the morning. I like getting up early. And sometimes he doesn't. He's a teenager. Sometimes weekends he sleeps in a little bit, stuff like that. But he understands the value of it. And Quinn isn't there yet, but she just turned 13. And uh, she's starting to kind of ask questions along those lines. And I think. I think both of them will see. They'll see what Andy's doing. They'll see what I'm doing. And they'll most likely think like, 
that seems to be a pretty good route to go because we seem to have everything that we need, everything that we want. And uh, even if I don't do exactly what mom and dad do, maybe I can just follow some of their general principles of uh, working hard and being consistent and see where that takes me. Mm -hmm. Did Jake ever go through that phase where, I mean, no matter what you did, he just thought it was lame, (laughs) you know, like the, the stereotypical teenager who just like, like you guys are, he was lame. <laughs> like, did he go through that? And if he did, you know, what did you do to, you know, kind of get him excited about just anything? I think I told the story before, but there was a situation where I was taking him for pizza and he and I got into some sort of little thing. And he was probably only like, oh, he's probably only like 12 or 13. He said something about fitness. And then I made a turn and he's like, where are we going? I was like, we're going home. And he's like, what? <laughs> I was like, we're not going for pizza. And he's like, why not? I was like, you're not allowed. Like, this is, this is how I make my money. You know, you're not allowed to really talk to the, I don't, I don't, that's, I'm, I don't accept that. You know, like I'm not mad. I'm not really pissed off or anything like that, but I, I, I'm offended, you know, because this is how we make our money or something. I can't even remember. I don't have any idea exactly what he said that, that Mm -hmm. triggered that. But I just remembered, like, I need to protect this. This is important. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't get away with, you know, and he probably remembers what he said, you know, yeah. I was to ask him about it or ask him about that day. He probably, um, he probably at least remembers something about it because I, I was like, I need to, this needs to be protected. You know, this, this little space that I'm in, um, these slingshots that I'm selling and stuff, this thing needs to be protected. He needs to understand that I really care about the inventions that I created I really care about the gym that I provide people and uh, I really care about the message that I have. It's, it's really important to me and uh, I'm not going to let you shit on it. I'm not gonna let you be disrespectful to it. You can joke about it or whatever you need to do. But so I tried to make that uh, pretty clear. I don't really know how much my kids know about exactly what it is I do. Um, Quinn has asked some like kind of more direct questions more recently about like, like how'd you know, like this is the right thing to do and you know, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, they know the invention, they know the slingshot, I guess that's probably good enough. And then I don't think they have any idea what Andy does. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so that situation with Jake, um, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty positive that that all that did was just build a lot more of that respect you talked about earlier, right? He's yeah. like, "Oh shit, this is important." <laughs> yeah, right. I should probably yeah. watch my p's and q's, but also like maybe I need to look more into this and figure out like, oh, we were gonna get that pizza, we could afford that pizza because of yeah, this. Right? Damn. Okay. So again, you kind of you ha- you do have to be that that stern parent that's not their best friend all the time. Yep. And I think it's important also just not even just not be there all the time, you know, not hover over everything. I mean, if you watch your kid running around the backyard with their friend when they're seven years old, they're going to do all kinds of shit that's wrong. They're going to do all kinds of stuff where you're watching it and you're like, ooh, someone's going to get really jacked up. Someone's going to get really hurt. (laughs) Best thing to do is just not watch it, you know, or provide them with an opportunity that gives them something you feel is safer. You know, hey, you know, boys, the backyard is not great. That gate flies open all the time. The dog next door is kind of... Kind of vicious. Yeah, kind of vicious. And he comes flying over here all the time. 
have you play in the front a little bit more or whatever situation is you just try to uh mitigate it a bit but don't you know don't helicopter don't kind of hover over it when you hover over it and you're just thinking something bad's about to happen something bad's about to happen my kid's about to get wiped out and sure enough <laughs> sure enough they do obviously there's going to be circumstances where you kind of have to watch them if they don't know how to swim and there's a swimming pool there and there's no gate you know he you got no choice you have to watch them but for the most part let them you know, let them go off on their own and they'll figure it out. And so what? Your kid comes crying to you. Mm-hmm. That's actually great. That's a great learning experience. Uh, you say, hey, you know, um, there's five or six other kids outside playing. What, you know, what's going on? You okay? Like, did you did you get hurt? Uh, so-and-so took the ball away from me. All right, well, dust yourself off. Go back out there and see if you can mm-hmm. get the ball back, you know, and Looks like looks like those other kids are having a great time. You know, you you probably want to get back out there. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're not really focused in on fixing their boo boo necessarily. You're kind of saying, "Hey, quit being a pussy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go kick that kid in the balls. Like, <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Yeah, go go uh, bite that kid and and spit a chunk <laughs> of his skin back at him. You know, and make him bleed. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm bad with both of those. I will be the helicopter parent, and then I will also be the oh, one that's oh, like terrible. Yeah, I'll, I will also be the one that like no, like Jazz, like dude, just flip that girl off that's being mean to you in school. <laughs> like she'll figure it out. You won't get in trouble by us. Right, (laughs) something i definitely need to work on um in regards to fences flying open has the wind been insane over there where you're at oh man and dixon yeah it was pretty crazy um there's no hills there's no buildings there's no nothing out there it's just flat so yeah we had 30 mile an hour winds for a day and a half and Mm -hmm. now we got no power and (laughs) i'm starting to stink pretty good and it's so funny when like people on the East Coast hear some of these like us complaining about that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we had one night of really bad wind and all, everything's messed up. But I mean, there's like trees on the freeway. It's been mm-hmm. insane. Like, it's been terrible. I'm not a fan. But if you guys, uh, well, I guess they would have missed it by now. But make sure you guys stay t- uh, tuned into the community tab here on YouTube because you'll see Mark, uh, the way he was cooking his breakfast this morning mm-hmm. with a, uh, a headlight <laughs> in the yep. dark. That shit was dope. That was funny. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was in New York, I remember when I you know, grew up in New York, I remember, uh, you know, having five days or four or five days, no, no power and uh, it being kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you're eating out of cans for a couple of days and <laughs> you're using candlelight and uh, it get it get really boring, you know, really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had some Nintendo going on back then and, you know, that, that that would get shut down for a few days. And like, I don't know, going outside was cool because you can go outside, build a snowman and you could, you know, smash each other with snowballs and play some football and. We used to take, we used to play tackle basketball because the court was full of snow oh. and you could just kill each other. And it was, it was amazing. Uh, that was probably like the most fun I've ever had was doing that. Like you're just like laughing the whole time. Cause you're like trying to like run each other over and do a layup and like just getting wrecked. Yeah. You just, you're just totally killing each other. It was, it was amazing. Uh, a lot of, a lot of fun. And uh, you know, when you're stuck in those situations, a lot of like uh, motivation and inspiration kind of comes from from some of that. But yeah, being in here in California, you know, everybody kind of <laughs> loses their mind 
when you got one bad day of weather. And what you realize too, is like in California, like a lot of the trees that are planted, like they're not even meant to be here. <laughs> they're not, they're not like, they're not really like, uh, some of them aren't really meant for this area. And the ones that are meant for this area, when the wind picks up, <laughs> they get, some of those get uh, toppled over pretty easily. And then there's just, there's debris every, I mean, there's trees down. Yeah, there's everywhere. Right in front of the slingshot store. There's oh, a yeah. gigantic tree that just fell over. I'm like, whoa, hey, that's, that looks dangerous. At, at my old house, this is how stupid we are in California. There was a pine tree, mm. like literally it was probably about less than three feet away from the corner of the house like it was so close that when we had it removed like they're like we can't because it's gonna probably mess up your house like what do you mean like just you know dig that bitch out and like nope we can't like well who put it there well, we don't know obviously they didn't know but yeah we don't we don't think about bad weather here <laughs> the uh the roots go in there uh really deep i gotta kind of finish with this story uh you know it's just short mm-hmm. um but it's about my friend uh, Shad, who died in 2020. Um, he died in uh, in uh, like Santa Monica area. He was found in the ocean. I think him and his son. Uh, they went out. He's a professional wrestler. Um, him and his son went out, and they just were enjoying a day on the beach, and they got caught up in I don't know what you call it a riptide or whatever it was, but uh, an undertow or whatever the hell it is. They got caught up in something that they just, you know, couldn't uh, fight their way out of. But it's a good lesson in uh, in opportunities. You know, he, you know, Shad is out there, um, you know, trying to show his son a good time and so on. And um, they end up in this really compromised position. And Shad, you know, makes a decision like, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably I'm probably kind of done with, you know. And he does everything he can to pass his son off to somebody that was able to save him. So his son lived and he died. To me, that's what it's all about. Is like, you're just trying to, I mean, that's a direct, uh, you know, that's a very direct story. But you're just trying to provide a life that is protecting your child and trying to provide a life that is maybe, you know, a little bit better than what you had. And hopefully Shad had enough experiences with his son to you know, maybe share, um, you know, some of the ups and downs of his life and, or maybe that gets shared later on with him, you know, as his son gets older, but you know, his son lives on and that's, uh, to me, that's what it's all about. You know, a lot of us are just, we just keep getting older and, uh, it's about trying to provide for our kids. And whenever Thanksgiving comes up, um, Christmas, uh, any of these, um, holidays, uh, birthdays like make a big deal of it you know make it a big but make it a big deal for the kids you know i know you want to have fun and you want to drink and you want but like think about the kids first you know think about that family gathering that you have just put all the children first what are the kids gonna do like it doesn't take much like buy them a fucking nerf football you know what i mean hey kids got your football you guys should go out and play in the backyard nobody wants to play nobody takes you up on it they're on their tablets go outside, grab another adult and say, Hey, let's get these fuckers outside for a minute. You know, Mm -hmm. take some time. They'll come out. They'll come out. And when they realize how much more fun it is playing video games is sick. Playing video games is amazing, but throwing around a football, tackling your cousin and jacking them up (laughs) is way more, is way more fun in some ways. 
and the lessons that you learn through that, or you get jacked up yourself or whatever it is, playing some, shooting some hoops or whatever. We need, we need some of that. We need more of that. So, you know, put the kids first and try to create opportunities for them, uh, wherever and whenever you can. Boom. Thank you, everybody, for checking out today's episode of Mark Bell's Saturday School. Uh, we love this community. You guys are freaking awesome. Uh, every time we post one of these up, the, uh, the the loyal folks, you guys always show up, so we sincerely appreciate that. Hell yeah. Yeah, if you guys want to take it a step further, please check out our newsletter. Links will be down in the uh, description below, or, or even if you're listening to this on the, on the uh, audio side, check the show notes for that. Uh, I don't know what, let's see, hold on, let me make sure what what date we are at. Sorry, pause. Cause I, I got to mention something to people out something. there real quick. Oh, okay. Today. So I got some, I got some AirPods mm-hmm. and I've been a big fan of headphones for a really long time, but these things are amazing. These things are great. I carry them around with me wherever I go. There's many different companies that make them many different versions. This, this is from Apple, but um, it's not a cheap product, but it's something that I use all the time. These are noise canceling. The sound on them is really good. They're super convenient. Um, the only thing is they are a little small, so I do worry that like I'm going to like go to pull one out one time. It's going to go down like a storm drain or something like that. I'm going to be right. totally, totally screwed. So but uh, other than that, they're amazing. I use them all the time. My brother uses them all the time. I see people in our office using them quite a bit. So um, again, I know it, it's, not, it's not a cheap item, but it's a worthy item. It's helping me a lot with my personal development mm-hmm. journey. Yeah, I I got Stephanie the uh, the other ones, mm-hmm. and she loves them. She uses them all the time as well. Sick. Yeah, so I was checking the date because the day this releases, this Saturday, uh, you have, I think, one more day left to claim your Element free recharge pack. Mm. Uh, that's an eight-sample pack. Just check out the uh, the link down in the description. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping, and it's absolutely yours, um, or it's absolutely free, as meant to say. And, yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to take advantage of that. Please follow the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project at MB Power Project on uh, Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's about it. What you got, Mark? It's been real, folks. <laughs> uh, I just want to share with you guys. Last thing here is, uh, you know, the way we do things around here. We just like think about something. And if we think it's a good idea, we just implement it. So we're going to implement something new. We're going to try something new. We're going to make our boy, Josh Settlegate. We're going to make him part of the podcast. And he doesn't even know this yet. <laughs> But what Josh does is Josh um, researches our guests all the time. And so what I want to do is I want to take the research recording that he does and make it for the beginning of every podcast. And that'll be a way to honor Josh's hard work, give him some props for that. And uh, that's the way you're going to hear every podcast kick off. You're going to hear his voice first, probably, unless you hear like an ad or something, maybe. (laughs) But uh, I just thought it'd be a good way for people to understand uh, who the guest is coming up. I've had this suggestion before from some other people. You may have had something similar because mm-hmm. we tend to like bullshit. And like our guest is in the photo and the guest is part of the headline. But it would probably be good to give some, a little bit of background on who the guest is and where they're coming from and all that. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later. Bye.